Hey everyone, today is Wednesday, the 1st of February 2023. This is The Gap, episode 646. I'm Luke Laurie. Job Gore is here. Job, it's uh, still hot. It's still hot. It's still Epic. hot. Um, at least it's not well, as Well, you know what? As it has been. We had, a, we had a barbecue on the weekend. It was, oh, yeah. it was hot. Good weather for barbecue. Mm. And then it just like pissed down rain on... Yeah. Was it Monday? Yeah. Or yesterday? Sunday night, know. Monday. Yeah. It's because it's been humid for so long and it's been building, building, building. And then... Hmm. Jesus Christ. It's too humid though. That's the real problem. I can handle this heat if it's not fucking... 90% humidity, you know? But that's like, you know, wet bulb temperature shit, right? Like, humidity, literally, the more humid it is, the hotter it actually feels. So it might say it's fucking 27 outside, but if it's 90% humidity, it's way closer to 33, 34. And every point above, I think, 95 is like a literal extra degree in temp. Like, it's fucking insane, man. It's uh disgusting. And I hate it. And our aircon isn't strong enough to handle the amount of work I'm expecting of it recently, which is <laughs> right. pretty annoying. But what can yeah. you do? Mm. What can you do? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Should we just crack into it then? Go on. Go on. Um, I put this down here. I don't want you to talk about it. Oh, yeah. But it is an article titled Another 7 IGN? Question mark. Why so many games scored 7 and above? Mm. This is from Dan Stapleton at IGN, who is the, uh, I think he's the director of uh, reviews, right? Yeah. Is that, is that, that his title now? Uh, I he don't know. He was reviews editor when I worked with him. Um, so maybe he's, you know, they've given him a fancier score to reflect how much fancier he is uh, having been there for so many years. Yeah, he's the director of reviews now. Well, there you go. They, I guess I guess they do video reviews, so they need a director. Um, anyway, did you want to talk about this or not? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do it. Uh, it's an interesting one. I've been pondering this concept for a long time. Uh, I'm pondering how to explain it anyway. Uh, I know how it happens, um, but... Uh, how to how to ex like correctly explain the phenomenon uh, is something that I still haven't quite landed on. Um, but yeah, like basically, uh, like I, I don't think I don't think this article, the article from on IGN, I don't think it really goes into enough detail. Uh, I, I think it's a little bit top top level you know it's uh oh we review so many games and so uh it just appears that we give a lot of sevens out right like is basically the crux of what it is they're saying mm. um did something spur this like I, i'm out of the loop on it i have no idea i have no idea <laughs> um but yeah like i, I don't know like it it's it seems a little I don't know. Yeah. Like, hand-wavy. Uh, but it, it doesn't... Like, I would require far more than the, I don't know, 800 words this appears to be to explain the phenomenon of the 7 out of 10. Because it starts in a fairly innocent place. And that is the predominant... Uh, 
I guess, avenue for reviews for games is, uh, well, uh, they're American sites, you know, for a long time it was, I don't know, EGM or one up or, uh, you know, GameSpot and IGN, right? Like, uh, they sort of dominated the, uh, cultural talking points about video games, right? And so it starts in a place where seven is actually average, right? Because it starts with a, a collegiate sort of, uh, foundation where they think of it as, oh, well, a seven's a passing grade in college. And so a seven is a passing score, right? Which doesn't pan out in any other media, which is part of the problem. And it's that's sort of addressed by Stapleton here because he's talking about how there's a tendency for their film reviews to trend high as well. Um, but the, like it, the reason it doesn't like pan out anywhere else is because games started with a 10 point scale, whereas film and TV and books and music, they all started with a five point scale or something less, you know, like fucking two thumbs or whatever. Um, and so they didn't have the same problem. There's no need to worry about equating, uh, a fucking five star system or a two thumbs system to a collegiate uh, fucking scoring system, right? For the other thing is that for a long, long time, those that that, that media was all just reviewed by a single person. There wasn't a need to create like a schema or a fucking scoring guide or anything, right? Because you knew that a fucking you know if. I don't know, Jay, whatever his name is, uh, Frank from The Critic, uh, John Lovitz's character in The Critic, if he was doing all the fucking reviews for a, a paper, then all of the reviews were always going to be rated on the same fucking grade, right? But websites and magazines have people, all kinds of different people doing these reviews, right? Like for for video games because they take longer to do and they're well there's not necessarily more of them but for you know for an enthusiast magazine right a fucking the the movies page in a paper is a single fucking page and there might be five reviews on it right maximum right ever right whereas a, a magazine needs to have like fucking pages upon pages upon pages of fucking reviews right so that's just a significant increase in the amount of work power that is required to put together all of the reviews and so as a result you wind up with more people doing these reviews as a result you need some sort of fucking like idea baseline idea of what a game reads uh, like feels like when you read the reviews because even if it's it's fundamental that a review from Job is different to a review from Luke, right? Even if that's fundamental, right? There still has to be some sort of fucking at a glance way for a reader to know without having to go and look at the fucking byline. Like that's the theory, right? I'm not, I don't agree, right? Just go look at the fucking byline, right? 
But that is the thinking behind creating an overarching fucking schema for review scores in a you know on a game website or something like that right mm -hmm. and it was never a fucking problem for music reviews or movie reviews or tv reviews or anything like that because yeah like tv reviews man how long was a fucking tv review back in the day do you remember the fucking tv guide and have a review of the episode and it'd be like mm -hmm. fucking two stars it'd be about 40 words and it'd be like fucking this week al bundy only flushed the toilet twice and you're like well that's a shit episode i'm not watching that um like yeah, of course, of course there's like a complete difference to, oh, well, yeah, this this review's six pages long, so what's that? Like, depending on the magazine, but between fucking uh, 2,400 and 3,000 words long, right? Like, that's a fucking huge difference in the amount of fucking output required. And then there's playing the game, watching Al Bundy, 22 minutes, right? Like, because they got, they got the version of the show without the ads by default, right? Like the the crunch down. Anyway, so we wind all that way. This this is what I'm talking about, right? I haven't worked out a, a good way to fucking put all this together yet. But anyway, we wind all this way, all the way back, and yeah, the the big sites that were doing this, that had the schema and established the fucking talking points early, were largely American. They're based it off the college system, right? Seven is a passing school. As a result, right. Uh, they got to dictate to a lot of the world or they, they didn't get to, but they just sort of, by happenstance, the way that fucking America does in a lot of things, happened to dictate to a lot of the world what a passing grade would mean, right? Because it would look weird when I would give a game a 5 out of 10, right? And everyone else is giving it a 7 and everyone's like, oh, fucking Game Arena fucking hates this fucking game. These fucking, they're just looking for fucking clicks. And I'm sitting there like, reading their reviews and being like, we all, we all fucking said the same thing. I don't understand what, how these cunts came to a, a fucking 7 out of 10 for this shit, right? Because that review reads like, if anything, it reads harsher than mine does, but uh, they gave it a fucking 7, right? Eventually, you get there. You work it out, right? So that's there's that, right? There is the factor that Stapleton is talking about, right? They do re They review way more fucking games, on IGN than anyone else, right? Or maybe GameSpot has a fucking a uh, a dog in that fight, but like mostly, right? They review the most games, right? And they're yeah, reviewing they're the biggest gaming publication on the planet. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, and yeah, so yeah, they do review a lot of shit that you just never fucking read, right? Or that people just never fucking read, right? So yeah, they they aren't on average, giving more games sevens, right? Uh, they are, they, they, you know, I, I don't have a fucking, there's not a spreadsheet or something, but, uh, but yeah, like they are generally, according to Metacritic's, no, OpenCritic's stats, they are actually, they score lower than most sites, right? But a lot of that is because they do, they play fucking, the, I don't know, the Angry Birds go to Hollywood or some shit on the fucking Nintendo Switch and it runs at two frames a second and, you know, someone's got to give it a fucking two out of ten. Someone's got to tell mums and dads it's absolute fucking garbage and that's what happens, right? So that actually drags their, their score down. I would love to love to see the actual numbers on their, on their scores uh, against everyone else. Like, take the... Take the hundred... 
games that everyone reviewed from last year and actually do a proper fucking chart of that shit that's how you'd find out a proper fucking average but i would wager that yeah it probably lands close to uh according to my uh according to a fucking open critic like a 73 is about yeah, you can check on open credit what yeah the averages and I, yeah last I, I grabbed it and the last time they put it together it was a 73 right um and like the most most scores landed a 73 73 74 and uh but it's trending up right that's also trending up right so they would land around that fucking number right so there is that but the other thing that nobody ever fucking talks about is that gamers are fucking lunatics and whenever you give a game a negative score you can expect people to fucking get into about it uh for weeks afterwards mm -hmm. and most people ain't got time for that shit right it's just not in their interest to play a game for 50 fucking hours and then write a fucking review for 10 fucking hours and now they've spent 60 fucking hours on something and then all they get is hate mail about it most people aren't interested in that and so oh, you've, got the, you've got the part where you get paid 150 bucks oh yeah you get yeah you get paid <laughs> basically nothing and then um and then you get yeah death threats about it um yeah the fucking it's just not worth it right i i've talked about i talked about a little bit on reviews and review Right, uh, there were a couple of reviews that I, I looked at last year, yep. where I read them, I looked at the score, and I thought to myself, uh, I think I only mentioned it once, but like a couple of times, I thought to myself, they gave this a number to appease the people who give a fuck about numbers, mm -hmm. not because that's what they think it's worth, because it doesn't marry up to the fucking text of their review at all. Mm -hmm. Right, this is a negative review and it has a seven. Because a seven is invisible. A seven is nothing, right? Seven point fives, eights, right? I'm looking at these fucking numbers from Open Critic and it is actually trending upwards. Eighty is the second most handed out score after seventy-three, uh, mm -hmm. based on this this chart. So like seventy-three and then eighty. Right, like it's trending upwards, and that is because, like, the rest of what I just said is why seven is the baseline. But the reason it's trending upwards is because no nobody wants to fucking deal with getting hate mail uh, because they gave a game a number. Right? There's no like no nobody would have given a shit about Horizon Forbidden West last year, right? If I had given it a fucking Seven, right? It would have been invisible, utterly invisible. It would have been completely ignored, right? Give it a 6.5. The only other person reviewing it is fucking Norwegian. And suddenly you're in trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. The only person, the only other person who's reviewing it and willing to give it below a seven uh, is Norwegian. And yeah, you're in a lot of fucking... No one can read it. You're in a world... Yeah, nobody can fucking herkety berkety. So uh, yeah, you're in a lot of trouble. Right? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think he, like, yeah, Stableton could have gone into way more details. And, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know what's, 
You know what's interesting here is that you look at, they've got a poll on their site. Mm. It says, what do you consider to be an average score? Oh, yeah. And there's, uh, they've given um, three numbers here, five, six, or seven. Right. And the difference between five and seven is not a lot. Damn. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's 33% to 36.4%. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Nobody thinks it's a six. Sad yeah. that only 4.4% with uh, went with, I don't pay attention to scores. But um, yeah, that's that's super interesting. I mean, yeah, maybe they should drag it down. Right, and and this is the problem. Like, obviously, they're on a they're on a um, you know, the the academic scale in the U.S. But like, you look at their justification as well of like what these scores mean, and you go from like seven being good, six being okay, five being mediocre, and then it's just bad. Yeah. And number four, there's no like, <laughs> yeah, you know, below av- like a below average or like. It just is like bad, yeah. bad at four. <laughs> and you're like, all right, well, fucking fair enough. Yeah. And then, so four is bad, three is awful, and then it's painful and unbearable. It's like, that is not a, that's a, that's a, I don't think that's a good rating system, right? No. Because like bad, you're going from bad to, to awful, painful, unbearable. Like what? there's no there's no room for like breathing in there at all on this scale yeah because seven is is good eight is great nine is amazing ten's a masterpiece and so you run into these problems where you've got like no area for criticism yeah yeah it's it you you, you're trending downwards right it's a it's a casual fucking roll down a hill and then you hit four and you just fucking straight down like a vertical some fucking yeah, terminal like, velocity shit you know there's yeah. th- there's no difference really between fucking painful and unbearable uh, at the end of the day in terms of what it means as a fucking number right uh, yeah like and it also it's also like like utterly subjective uh, you know like what I find painful might be unbearable to you or vice versa Uh so yeah, like yeah, there's it's a you're right. It's a completely fucking meaningless. It becomes completely meaningless once they drop yeah. below five. I mean, that's really. why when you go to uh, or, or like I don't know uh, a doctor or you speak to a doctor or anything, like they don't say, "Tell me about the pain you're having." Yeah, like they want a scale of a you know a zero to ten, and then the next time they come and see you. They say the same thing. What's what's the pain on the scale now? Zero to ten. It's because everybody's pain tolerance is different, <laughs> right? And so, yeah, having you by by limiting what you're able to put here in this scale, it, it it's not helping. Um, and, and like I, as we as you were talking about this, something I remember I did back in 2015 was the uh, I compared. Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes for video games and movies. Yep. I found the I found the spreadsheet oh, yeah. from 2015. Nice. Do you remember what I called it? Uh, no. It's a it's a fucking great name. Oh yeah, Rotten Doritos. Rotten Doritos <laughs> classic. Yeah, that is a good name. It's a good name. Yep. Um, but basically, like in this in this spreadsheet, I got um, 
I got the top 10 films of that year, looked at them, their, uh, I looked at their Metacritic, but also like I was more analyzing the Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes score. And the way Rotten Tomatoes works is um, anything, I think at the time it was anything below um, a seven, sorry, anything below a six uh, was basically considered like rotten and their scale it might have it might have changed since then but it was something like a six um and uh i think at this stage in the uh the way that system works the actual critic has a bit more say in terms of like whether or not it is rotten in their system um so there is a bit of like a weighted thing going on there but anyway um the the number one movie of that year was the hunger games catching fire um and it's rotten tomato score was a 90 when i did this um all right and then you've got like you've got iron man 3 which is a 78 and then despicable me 2 which is 74 frozen at 89 man of steel 55 like there's a uh, and then you go all the way down to the 10th highest grossing film of that year i think this is box office numbers i did uh is oz the great and powerful 59 percent, right and so you've got this breadth of of you know scores yeah um and the average film there is a 77 and i went and grabbed the top highest grossing games of that year and using the same scale all of them so one two three four five six seven of those games were 100 percent fresh uh using the same scale yeah yeah um and uh two of them were 98 percent and the third game uh, on that list was 95 percent right yeah like that's where criticism has is and then when i dropped it i was like well let's scale this up a bit so let's pretend that seven is is the average like let's pretend that like let's bring it up to seven so anything seven and up is considered fresh um and that's when we were like we started to get a little bit more leniency in that and it was like four of the games was still 100 percent and everything else except for two games was above uh 90 um yeah and so like there's this some of the and some of those games like i understand that like games on a whole will i mean the, the second game on this list job is call of duty ghosts <laughs> right right <laughs> Didn't you and you didn't you review that one for IGN? I, uh, no, not for IGN. No, I no. did that one for Games on Nets. Right. Do you remember what you gave that? It wasn't a high score, right? Oh, it was a it was a low score. It was a five, I think, four. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder if you were one of the ones on this list that I grabbed. I'm assuming so, because um, I went through and grabbed every single review that was listed in Metacritic, mm. got their score, and then dumped it into like a, a formula thing. And so, like, I was trying to figure out. You know, we're at, we're at a point where, and this is how many, like 2015, this is still going on. Yeah. Where even back then, the average of a seven was still, like, there's there's no, there's everything was still fucking amazing. Like, mm. there's no criticism in terms of the review scale back then. And it, it seems to just be getting worse at this point. Um, and yeah. I think co- comparing it to movies is a perfect example. Like, not every movie is something somebody likes. Yeah. And that should be the same way as a game i don't i don't buy i don't buy stapleton's argument that games cost more time and money to make and therefore they are better no absolutely not no uh yeah don't yeah that that makes 
no sense. Uh, and and I always hate when we get when we get those review kits and they say, you know, mm. yeah, such and such they amount of people it. put such and such amount of hours into this project. Uh, we're so grateful that you're playing it and that you will treat it with respect. And me treating it with respect is being as fucking critical as humanly possible, right? Because doing anything less is assuming that they don't actually want their shit to be critically analyzed. They just want to be fucking slapped on the back and told they're doing good. And the other thing is uh, the assumption that, yeah, well, every other fucking game I play is also going through the same fucking, has the same amount of people working for the same amount of fucking hours or, or more. Mm. So, you know, what? Do I should I just like punch punch those numbers? Should we just do up a new formula? And uh, however many people worked on it, times however many hours they worked on it, times however many babies were born during development uh, equals ah this game gets a well I'm afraid it's only seven point eight because you didn't have that large a staff and then you wind up with games like Superland made by one guy and it gets a fucking point three even though I loved it. Uh, and yeah, right. It's just, it's, it's utterly facile reasoning and, uh, and yeah, it's manipulative. And that's what that comment from uh, Stablin falls under for me, you know, it falls prey to for me is, is the same fucking reasoning. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the other thing is, I don't know, everyone, like, yeah, everyone at fucking IGN threw me under the bus with my Doom 2016 review, you know, right? Like, I came back and did another review a month later, uh, because they knew I was fucking right, but, uh, yeah, during the, during the time, you know, every fucking podcast they had, every fucking video fucking cast they had, had some motherfucker on it being like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm sure, you know, it's his opinion, but uh, I just don't agree, man. Oh, that game's so fucking good, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, 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 right? And all you have to do is go back and fucking look at... Oh, right. Um, the, the review came out days after the fucking launch. Uh, Bethesda, flat out, there's still news stories around where Bethesda say they're not sending out games before launch. Because the uh, multiplayer, the multiplayer is as important. It's literally a quote from Bethesda: "The multiplayer is as important as the single player to them." Right? I give it the same fucking weighting in my fucking scoring system, or at least <sighs> that's what we wound up with. And, and they were pushing that multiplayer hard. They were super pushing it. Right? Had yeah. And yeah, like, but. It was bad, and they knew it was bad. And Snap Mat was fine, but it wasn't good. Uh, but yeah, all anyone remembers is the fucking number, and everyone on fucking on IGN like throwing me under the fucking bus for it, right? And yeah, fair enough. It panned out that I was correct, right? Like they did Doom Eternal, and it was a fucking it was a world tour of them fixing the things I said was broken with their fucking game, right? But, like, 
Well, apart from the multiplayer, obviously. But, uh, like, yeah, I don't know... I don't know how Stables can 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 argue that like they'll back their their writers and stuff when like don't get me wrong i don't expect them to parrot ign's reviews or the the random writer they recruited from australia to write a fucking review because none of them play any fucking shooters and none of them have any fucking idea of how a good shooter plays right i don't expect them to just parrot my fucking views but yeah, you can't then go around and say, you know, oh, you know, we've got no problem with giving certain games, uh, certain things a five when it's a highly marketed game like Gotham Knights or a big name movie like Black Adam, right? Uh, like, no, oh, man, you, yeah, as a as a fucking machine, IGN does have a problem with that, right? Because, yeah, it's there's no fucking. It's all fucking, oh, you got to stick to the fucking scoring system. Oh, our scoring system starts at fucking six is okay, right? When when you're fucking trying to write your review, but then as soon as it's out of your hands, suddenly it's all fucking, <laughs> anything goes. The wolves are unleashed and they can do whatever the fuck they want to you, right? Like, fuck that shit, man. Yeah, that's horse shit. Uh... Yeah. Anyway, I'm obviously still bitter. Uh, I wanted to give Call of Duty a fucking lower score when I reviewed it for them as well, and uh, it's spent. I spent hours on the phone arguing for that. So, and and now, and now they give like I remember when I did my review of what was it, Infinite Warfare, right at the time. No, no, no Call of Duty has ever gotten a, a score below an eight. I think they they said. And now, Call of Duty gets fucking dumped on on the regular. They'll go for it whenever the fuck they want. And that is because of the long fucking arguments I had. And they were unpaid arguments because I was paid for words and finishing a game very quickly. Not because I was there to go through the fucking inane line-by-line rebuttal shit that Activision sent through of my review in progress uh, or arguing with Stapleton about the game being bad. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 single player review 6 is what it got. 6. Unthinkable score when I was doing Infinite Warfare but I guess they didn't split single player out to uh, against uh, multiplayer. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Hmm. Anyway... Yeah, I'm looking at um, something that we played recently. The Callisto Protocol is a 70 on Metacritic. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you took those scores and threw them on Rotten Tomatoes, it'd be fresh. And it'd be five points off certified fresh. So... <laughs> uh, it's interesting because Open Critic <laughs> does its uh, recommended percentage mm. as well. Uh, and I think you can get a feel for how all of that is going. Right, because uh, Callisto Protocol is forty-two uh, percent critics recommend on Open Critic. Yep. But if you look at their, if you go and look at their percentiles, the stats that they keep track of, uh, so it is. I think you can deliberately flag something as a critic recommends uh, mm. when you send it to Open Critic. Uh, yep. But otherwise, by default, 
uh, they rate it based on whether or not it's uh, it's it's a critic recommend if it's a strong or above, and according to their system, anything uh, seventy five or above is strong. So for them, a recommend stops at seventy four, uh, which I think points to how hard the system is skewed. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Right. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's cooked. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, is there else, anything else to say other than it's still broken and they're not going to fix it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's cooked and uh, there's no coming back from it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some games we've been playing here. Um, uh, one that I left off last week and we came back during the, the uh, summer holidays. Um Grand Theft Auto 5. I fired that up. Um, played a decent chunk of that one. Uh, it's surprising, and I think we'll talk about this later on when we talk about Dead Space. Um, but like games that have the you know the magic stuff about them, like things that are just r done really well and they just hold up. Um, GTA 5 is one of those examples of it where a lot of that game still holds up uh, despite where there's been advances in things like uh, gameplay mechanics for shooting and, and all that sort of stuff um, but like the story telling and the way um, it is um, shot or presented um, like all that stuff is just exceptional um, what I think is going to be really interesting with this next Grand Theft Auto is that one of the brothers has now gone, <laughs> has left Rockstar Games, yeah. uh, and is the, uh, well, was the main writer for, for the last couple of big Rockstar games. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that and, and how um, their games moving forward, sort of how their storytelling unfolds and and all that without that person actually being there anymore um you know maybe we'll get a fresh take on it and all that sort of stuff but i i think that like gta 5 and red dead redemption 2 are like phenomenal stories uh, and storytelling and so you know i guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens there um but yeah i was just like every couple of years i sort of jump in and check out grand theft auto i'm sure i'll check it out again at some point when they release this if if they release this ray tracing update which is currently on consoles but not on pc um i think there's like a DirectX maybe update they need to do to to get it past or over that hurdle um but yeah had a lot of fun playing that at this point and uh there's not like any mods you can grab to like just the, do it for you or anything i mean there are mods for like very basic graphics overhauls but nothing reshade and whatnot yeah but, yeah 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 nothing like that um but also like when you when you start playing with that sort of stuff you want to make sure it's got the you know e either dlss or whatever amd's using um yeah. all that sort of stuff so it can make it run a bit better uh you've got games like cyberpunk 2077 just released their dlss 3 out on um patch in the last 24 hours um 
So like we're getting to that that point where it's it's starting to roll out into a lot of games. Um, yeah. But yeah, that 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 uh, Grand Theft Auto holds up a lot. It's excellent. Right. It's yeah. um yeah something. Obviously, if you haven't played it, you should play it. You should definitely <laughs> play it. Uh... It's still one of the highest selling games every week. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Which is crazy, um, right? How how do they keep getting away with this? Mm. But yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, yeah, I just want to quickly mention that one because it's uh it's very good. Um, all right. Next up on the list is Goldeneye 007. Yes, you read that correct. <laughs> it is not the year. Uh, when did that come out? Like ninety something? Shit. Yeah, ninety six maybe. Ninety seven. Yeah. 97. I was going to say 97, but I wasn't sure. Um, 97. I grew up right. with a Nintendo 64. Played a lot of GoldenEye 007 on the um, on, on that silly controller. Uh, it was one of the first sort of first-person shooter games that that did um, like multiplayer mm-hmm. really well. Split-screen multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was phenomenal. Like I spent so much time in that game. Could have Just- fooled me, Loki. Could have fooled me, buddy. I, 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 I played a lot of single player, right? <laughs> and also, you played a bunch of this before I did. Um, yeah, I used to run like all the single player missions, and there were some ones on there that just got really freaking hard and all that sort of stuff. Dude, um, what's what's the the one with the fucking science? It's trying to fucking trying to do that one was such a fucking ball like over and over and over again because you needed the fucking scientists like to actually fucking follow you that was that was i don't know if i actually ever finished it on double o <laughs> like i just don't know man like yeah 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 they drove me bananas uh but yeah it was a lot of fun uh, yeah and uh, and so now, Goldeneye 007 is on uh, current gen consoles, mm. um, on Xbox. There you go. And Switch. Yeah, and the Nintendo Switch. I don't know how to run on that. I feel like it still couldn't probably run it properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like that game. Um, it uh, like it's still fun, but it's also very outdated. <laughs> The oh yeah oh yeah uh yeah, it's it's very very much a product of its time you can see that we've come a long way since then uh, oh yeah even like the level design i remember those levels being amazing dude and this you're like so, holy so, shit <laughs> you know the back half of damn even is still more intricate and interesting than no the i mean fucking... the multi like multi oh right yeah yeah right? where like, it's just like literally a fucking ramp up into oh, yeah. a, a square room and you're like what the f- what is this you can't walk off the side of the fucking ramp or anything uh, yeah so you stop no the multiplayer levels shit. i'm talking about yeah 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 um, the the single player levels are amazing yeah okay good um yeah the yeah multiplayer oh where are all the fucking vents and you just sort of walk through them and shit well you just walk through a wall like a random wall that yeah. doesn't have a vent and you're like what is going on here <laughs> yep uh that was pretty entertaining that was pretty uh pretty fun and i don't remember everyone everyone being such bullet sponges like you take some damage in that game you can you can you can walk for a little while yeah you can get away with some shit um yeah it was uh but i think yeah i don't know man like 
it took me it took me a while to get back on it right like it was sort of the first game where you learned about controlling spawns and stuff it was the first game where i learned about controlling spawns and stuff um and i never really like uh utilized it uh until you know probably until quake 3 um but yeah the fucking once you know where the armor is and you can you can last for so long just running over the armor and shit uh it's it's a lot of fun uh yeah i like we we got four people going on the on the split screen like and it was um yeah tense it was tense because you you had an idea of how the the round was going uh but it's not as visible as it is these days so uh you had an idea but not necessarily a fucking good grasp on it and like we've been sort of spoiled with all the information at our fingertips and shit and so yeah at the same time you're trying to fucking remember where the fuck anything is but the rocket we played rockets and i couldn't fucking i never found a fucking rocket uh, um which was frustrating but uh yeah it's uh i wouldn't say it holds up but it is a really fun nostalgia track um because yeah it just i was sitting on the fucking floor controller in my hand whooping it up and fucking trying to get away with some shit um took us too long to work to remember all the fucking modes correctly uh which was a little bit frustrating but that was okay i had a lot of fun um what's interesting is uh i installed i installed xenia which is the xbox 360 uh emulator i installed it on my steam deck right and you can there is a build of a hd remaster of 007 goldeneye that you can get if you do a very very simple google search and uh a it looks way better and b i think it runs better to be honest uh it runs fine on the xbox but i think it's capped at 60 and it's not capped in xenia and this is on the fucking steam deck man like if you were to play it on a fucking proper computer, and I do have Xenia on my computer, but I thought it'd be interesting just to chuck it on my Steam Deck and see if it would run and see how it went and stuff. Um, yeah, man. Like, that, I think that's fucking fascinating, to be honest. Uh, I love the idea of using the Steam Deck as a sort of portable fucking multiplayer machine because you can easily, very easily, Bluetooth into the, like, just, like, connect xbox controllers via bluetooth to the fucking uh steam deck so i think you know there's there's some there's some high potential for some fun in that shit you know uh hmm. but yeah really surprising how much better this hd remaster looks compared to what they eventually wound up uh, wound up putting out and i'd love to know why it's didn't wind up going ahead yeah you know like uh, why didn't the hd remaster come out instead of what we got which is literally just the rom 
support yeah yeah uh i don't know yeah i don't know i guess we'll see um maybe they're maybe they're remaking it testing the water right oh maybe uh i think I, i read somewhere that fucking that the bond the people who have the bond like what is it eon eon whoever it has i don't know whoever has the bond license have since banned using like bonds not allowed to kill good guys and no good guys are allowed to kill bond and so i don't know how it would necessarily go these days you know mm-hmm. with uh i mean you know Xenia. Well, the other chick, whatever her name is, I don't know. Uh, anyway. On a top? Uh, no, Xenia is yeah. That's that's what's her face. No, the other chick in it. I want to hump a lot. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like it. Uh, it's a it's a nice nostalgia trip, but I um. Yeah, the, the level designs, those multiplayer modes are, are oh, oof, yeah. rough. Super rough. Super rough. Uh, makes me want to go back and watch Goldeneye, though. I'll tell you that. Mm. Maybe just all the Pierce Brosnan Bond films. Well, maybe not all of them. What was the no, really bad one? Wasn't Tomorrow Never Die, like, really bad? Is that the one with... Uh, Terry Hatcher. That's a good one. What are you talking about? Was it the one with the boat? Isn't yeah, it just like, like yeah. it's just some yeah. fucking boat yeah. thing? Stealth boat? Yeah, you're nuts, mate. What's oh, the bad one? It's got Terry Hatcher, mate. What's the one with uh, Denise Richards? Oh. What's that one? Tomorrow Never Dies? No, that's no, the same uh, one I just said. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, Die Another Day. Is it? I don't know. What World Is Not Enough? Is that is that a Pierce Brosnan one? No, oh, maybe... The, I should look this. We should have this. We should know this. Uh, one, of, one of them is like flat out bad uh yeah i don't know i don't know um i found a, a website Ooh. okay die another day is the, yeah it says here the worst one what die another day that's the um that's the one in the he has the invisible car right it's got michelle yao in it she's an oscar nominee how bad could it be yeah in your face you got no answer. You got no answer at all. Terry Hatcher, just, do you do you uh, do you still sleep with a gun under your pillow, James? And these and the fucking dudes like fucking there, like fucking watching the fucking media dudes, like oh this this how dare she? She definitely fucked this dude, and I have been spying on her. I'm so mad. And you're like, dude, you're creeping on her. What are you fucking doing? Like, are you a billionaire? Fucking get your shit together. How does it say the world is not enough with Denise Richards as Dr. Christmas Jones, an American nuclear, because that's how Denise Richards pronounces it, nuclear physicist. (laughs) God damn it. Ridiculous. Mm. How is it worse? That's the fucking craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Fuck. Fuck. All right. Anyway. Yeah. 
All right, let's keep going here. Dead Space is up next. It's now out. We talked about it last week. Mm. Um, I got a code from this from EA, and I've had a chance to check it out now. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a decent amount in. I think I'm probably chapter somewhere in chapter four or chapter five um, at this point, close to halfway. Um, it's really good. Really good. Really good. Uh, really good. It's surprising... Um, how different it is <laughs> i guess like I, I i jumped into it it's that nostalgia thing right you're like oh yeah, yeah this looks pretty good i remember this uh, and then you go back and look at the footage you're like oh this used to look uh you know this ain't what it used to look like when in my yeah. brain <laughs> yeah uh, and, and that ain't that long ago like dead space we talked about it last week is 2008 wasn't it yeah. yep um yeah and so it's uh they've done a phenomenal job of like overhauling that and and, and building on the the frostbite engine and bringing it up to scratch in terms of all the lighting and making it very atmospheric and um all that sort of stuff yeah phenomenal in terms of looks um the the gameplay it still holds up like extremely well i don't think the gameplay is dated at all it just worked um you know shooting off limbs all the puzzles um the ones i've come across are memorable even though they some of them have been updated quite a bit definitely yeah, um yeah. like the asteroids one is one that really steps oh, out so to much me. better man holy fuck holy fuck do you remember what it was like in the original yeah oh, you had to sit in a chair right and just trash. shoot these asteroids yeah in. and it took you like you'd die yeah. and you'd die yeah. and you'd die <laughs> and you're like oh okay fair enough best thing they could have done so, fix yeah. that fucking mission yeah. yeah um but this one is like you know they they're actually doing cool things with um bringing those puzzles up to scratch and uh actually thinking about you know how do we make it relevant in today's sort of gaming um but at the same time like there's probably stuff in there that i don't remember and they've changed it and i just don't realize right it it just feels like everything feels right the only reason i remember the asteroid one is because I remember helping TJ when she played it on that mission because she kept dying over and over again. It was a nightmare. Um, And that's why I remember that part. And so, like, I think that just the core gameplay loop of it is, like, it's it's perfect. It still holds up. Um, And obviously, like, they don't have to sort of touch that part. It doesn't feel like... Like, you tinker with the, 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 the feel of it and that sort of thing, but it still works. Um, yeah. you know shooting limbs off of things uh, and, and you know making them crawl across the ground and, and everything that sort of comes comes up against you uh, it works really well what I really like in terms of the additions and I, I didn't really know this was happening or I didn't really know it was a thing until you talked about it last week which is the um, the like the director that is in the game and is yeah. controlling um, when enemies appear in certain certain aspects like um i didn't really know how that worked and even up until last night i still wasn't sure how it worked until i died yeah i'm about four hours in and i um i died at this point and then i came back and the things that killed me weren't there when i got to that next point and i was like oh that was like a like they just spawned that one for me um these two things and it was like 
so they're they're simulating these like jumps well not jump scares but like enemies that come from different directions and so they weren't there the next time that i ran through that hallway yep. which i thought was really cool because um, it definitely then changes up everybody's experience um but to me it felt like the entire four or five hours that i've been playing it felt completely natural to me yeah um which i think is fantastic um yeah it's 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 amazing um the story still really good holds up it's interesting compelling um all that sort of stuff i uh again another little thing that they've gone in and changed is that like isaac talks now right he, he was yeah. a silent protagonist he was yeah um in that first game and i wouldn't know like if no one told me that i wouldn't have known like yeah that that was the thing they changed and that's sort of the the perfect thing that i've done i keep keep coming back to this is like all the change that i made i don't notice them yeah <laughs> because they're just like, they feel like that good yeah they they all just works yeah um I, the only reason i know this no because i'm in this industry and i've saw, seen the fucking checkbox yeah or like i've heard yeah. you talk about it right yeah like i oh, like when you get the brochure for a car and it's got like oh it's got like you know the all Four these wheels. different features like, in, i don't yeah. even know how many wheels i had yeah <laughs> Yeah, like 14 stereos in here fair all right let's go um so yeah i mean it's hard to not recommend this game at yeah. all like it is a uh i talked about grand theft auto before and how there are uh, certain games that in the zeitgeist that um really leave a mark in in the medium uh dead space is one of them we you know it was a pivotal game in the horror genre yeah. Um, there was Resident Evil and Silent Hill yeah. um, and those games at that stage had uh, they weren't doing too great like yep. they'd had some some misses and then, then Dead Space came out and just knocked it out of the park and then Dead Space 2 came out and knocked it out of the park right yep. um, and so uh, it, it's cool to go back for people that maybe haven't played it have a look at it see what the fuss is all about but also experience it at a, at a, a stage where they've overhauled everything and brought it up to date where it's one of the you know you know best looking games to date that is out um so yeah uh, it's uh it's you know i don't know who i would people that don't like horror games i guess maybe miss it yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah uh i think the like the only thing i don't i wind up not liking is having to find a fucking save point uh, I don't. Oh, dislike, this too. I feel like it's too many. I I don't dislike the save system. There are some some periods where you'll go for extremely long stretches without finding one, without having to fucking backtrack a lot. But because of the director system, if you do wind up backtracking a lot, it means you'll wind up engaging with shit on the way back again, mm. uh, which isn't ideal. Um, so yeah. Uh, there like, I don't dislike the save system. Uh, like I just I need like a couple more in a couple of sections and it would be great but um yeah I like I don't I, yeah you're not safe you're not safe when you're saving I should I'll just say that right like you think you are because in every other game you are but you aren't in Dead Space 2023 I save pretty quick I'll tell you that uh yeah <laughs> uh it's it's good it's good because uh, yeah. it, it ramps up the tension. The same with the store. In a lot of other games, you're safe when you're at the store. Not in this. Uh, I, I, keep, I keep my fucking eyes peeled. Keep your head on a swivel. 
Uh, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, Last of Us Part 2 did it. What? Where there were, you're not safe at, at the crafting stations. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else I can add about uh, about this at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 really good. It's uh, I completely stomped the Callisto Protocol in terms of sales. Oh yeah. Um, stomped. Good choice of words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is. I can tell you now how many people are playing. Uh, wait, this isn't the right one. It's not working for some reason. Oh. I don't know. It peaked at twenty eight thousand. It says. Yeah. Um, which is which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? That's a top 15 game, I think. Top 15, top 20 uh, on Steam. Um, and uh, I mean, I mean, it seems to have sold pretty well. Like, to give you some comparison, Callisto peaked at 15,000 on Steam. So it's, it's done quite a lot more. Um, I, th- I think this is a really good opportunity for them to then now go into Dead Space 2. Um, I think... Oh, fuck yeah. I'd love that. I would prefer them to do a Dead Space 2 remake and then potentially look at doing, like, let's reboot this shit. Um, let's go into... Let's go into uh, a new era of Dead Space. Like, people are playing it. We've, we've sold it. Um, that'll be the tell, I think, whether or not people want more Dead Space. If 2 does really well as well. No, 2, uh, two will do well. Two was always the you know the favorite. That was the one that sort of perfected the ser- the system. Three mm. was the bad one, right? Yeah, is the bad one. I still think that the co-op system idea is super cool. Maybe they can go in and overhaul a lot of that game and fix it, like make yeah. it good. Yeah, the idea of like two play- people playing a co-op game and and one person seeing other something completely different oh, to the other dude, person. That's such a cool idea. Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just let down with the rest of the game. Oh, it's tricky to make a proper, like, a horror experience. Like, imagine we were playing Dead Space 3 and it was remade, like, Motive remade it to the same, like, level that they did Dead Space 1. Uh, well, first of all, right, we're probably playing for about 45 minutes a day because I can't play Dead Space 2023 once the sun goes down because I have nightmares. So... <laughs> Yeah. That that severely limits. We get we're either getting up really early for it, or uh, we're playing it in the brief window between fucking. Uh, Why do you just turn your grow light on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, and uh, second of all, like playing with you is inherently less scary than playing on my own. You know, so they have to overcome that, right? Like. Overcoming me being a chicken shit is one thing, but overcoming the inherent uh, dissipation of fear that comes through the co-op experience uh, is, yeah. I, I just, I don't know if anyone's cracked it yet, you know? Yep. Dead Space 3 certainly didn't. No. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do next. Motive have absolutely nailed it on this one. Yeah. Um, and it's just sort of like to them come in and do a remake of this one and then not do something else after that doesn't make a lot, a lot of sense, especially if it sold well, 
Um, like there's clearly a plan there. And so whether that plan is Dead Space 2 remake or their own thing yep. uh, to test the waters, uh, I'm definitely excited to see what they do next because they've obviously got the caliber to jump in and um, continue that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, we have one more game on this list. And yeah. up until last week, we didn't know this game existed. True. <laughs> um, we talked about Xbox doing a developer direct um, there were rumors that Tango Works are working on something, and uh, we now know what that something is. It's called Hi-Fi Rush, and it's out. Mm. They stealth dropped this thing. Yeah, uh, Tango Works is the developer behind the Evil Within series. They recently put out Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, it's uh, Shinji Mikami who is running that ship. Um, some pretty high caliber, high caliber name behind that. Um, I quite enjoyed the Evil Within series. I think it had some missteps, um, but I enjoyed the second one. It wasn't right. perfect. No game is. Yep. Um, but also, like, uh, you know, I had fun with it. Uh, less less so with Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, I think that there was some um, missteps there. It felt yeah. like a game that wasn't they didn't really know what it wanted to be yeah. was it going to be a horror game was it was it a supernatural game was it like a you know something in between a quirky having fun game like it just felt like it didn't really know what it was supposed to do yeah. um and so uh you know they have a uh, a pedigree behind them you've got the guy that created the resident evil series um heading up this studio who's done like these horror focused games and uh, that's not what Hi-Fi Rush is. It is a rhythm action game yeah. set with a comic book art style. Um, completely out of left field for them, but also he's not really... He's not the director on this one. I guess he's the president anyway of yeah. um, Tango Works, so um, I guess overseeing it still. But yeah, completely surprise. And um, that that trailer was looked uh, fantastic. Love the art style. Um, the, the way it was presented, all that sort of stuff. I downloaded it. I've been playing it. You've been playing it? I have, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've only put in a couple hours so far, but... Me too. I'm digging it. I think it's a perfect, like, Game Pass game. Um, the type of thing where you can just throw it out there and it doesn't have to just, you know, take the world by storm. It could just be something that you can just put out and it's its, its own thing. It just exists. And I think that um, the platform for Game Pass is the perfect game to put a game like this out. It makes complete sense for them. Um, I think that the, uh, the the combat is kind of, you know, it's pretty basic in terms of what you're doing. Yep. Um, for people that don't know, there is a it's a rhythm game where the beat of the track of each level is playing in the background, um, and stuff around you is synchronized. The the environment, uh, the player, the enemies. Everything is behaving in time to this beat that is going on. Um, and you as a character can attack enemies, but you'll do more damage if you synchronize your attacks to the sound of the beat. Um, and you can uh, do different combinations and combos and all that lines up in terms of um, you know being able to miss beats or hitting them on time, uh, depending on which attacks you, type you try and do will cause different types of damage um, and so forth. And so... I think it's a really interesting idea. Um, it's not super complex in terms of how the combat 
sort of behaves at least the, the part that I've, I've played up to yep. um, and uh, I think they you know they it's a, it's a fun little game that they put out um, how much have you had a chance to play uh, it sounds like we've played you know roughly or close I think to I've done like one level one, one and a half levels maybe one level yeah well like yeah, I've done a couple more, uh, but it, it hasn't gotten any more complex. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't love it. I don't know. It's, I don't know. The storytelling is really meh, not my thing. Um, I don't know. The main character is kind of a... Uh, I just don't like him. Um, Why don't you like him? How can you not like him? Everybody loves this guy. Hey guys, uh, super cool. Oh yeah, uh, I got a guitar, man. I want to be a fucking rock star, man. But he'd never swear, obviously, because he's that, you know, rock star PG, baby. life. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. the combat just seems super simple and meh. I don't know. All right, like you said, it's it's a good game plus game pass, uh, like mode yeah because uh, I, I don't think game, it would have sold uh, on if they put this out to you know shelves i don't think it would have sold no no absolutely not um but doesn't that say something about the game no i think it's just got a very specific market that it like you know the same with most streaming services there's sometimes films that you'll jump on and watch and you're like, I wouldn't go to the cinema and ah, watch this, but I'll sit films. here and watch this. Yeah. Um, right. I, uh, yeah, I guess. Maybe. Uh, well, there's also... Yeah, if it's a niche game, then I'm not in the niche. Uh, yeah. Like, the, the, the combat seems too simple and... I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard for a game like this to come out after Metal Hellslinger. Hellsinger, uh, because Hellsinger had is is very similar, but it had an extra dimension to its combat, and maybe this gets significantly more intricate. But uh, I'm not seeing it happen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I don't know. It's the worst version of a game I've already played. Hmm. You know. It's not like I like fucking uh, Metal Hellsinger's music more than I like. I mean, mostly. Uh, there's some Nine Inch Nails, I think. In uh, Yeah, the I first boss you fight. Yeah. Uh, um, so, like, I like Nine Inch Nails most than, better than most of what I listen to in Metal Hellsinger. But other than that, uh, I haven't enjoyed the music all that much in hi-fi rush um but i didn't enjoy the music all that much in metal helsinger it's not really a, a question of the music it's a question of the fucking the dynamism of the the gameplay when it is com like combined with the rhythm gaming you know i'm just not feeling it yeah, yeah. i think there's like problems with the like the combo system in particular, you you sort of upgrade or you unlock combos or different ways to attack enemies, but it's like, why am I really doing Like, what's the purpose when I can just hit X four times and then Y at the end? Like that type of stuff. 
Um, it doesn't feel like there's any reason to be doing that. They introduce things where it's like, oh, this enemy has a shield, and you have to call in a, a friendly to come in and deal with the shield. And but at the same time, there's not really reason to sort of change focus or change up like your move set. You can kind of just keep mashing the the same button over and over again. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a scoring system in place for uh, like S tier downwards um but i don't think it takes it doesn't take into account like you know variety or anything like that it's kind of just based off of timing and how quick you're doing it and all that sort of stuff yeah um so there's no real incentive there mm. so i think the the combat is a little bit toned down in that department but um there's i like I, a pace about how, how like and and you know i'm not like it's not like Helsinger fucking perfected it, but like you're mm. trying to you you build up your combo meter when you reach I think it's like six times or what five times probably. Uh like that's when the vocals kick in and you start like really hearing the, the music and stuff. And there's something pretty cool about like being directly incentivized to maintain like a high combo system. Uh outside of simply, oh yeah, you do more damage because that you know it doesn't really feel like it matters in hi-fi rush all that matter, uh, much because uh, there's not a great deal of threat going on in that game you know uh, it seems pretty yeah. easy you know yeah most of the parts i've sort of played are like you get stuck in these little chambers yeah um like and square chambers i still don't like that gameplay as a as a general rule so yeah Anyway, it's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, no, I think it's a. If you're looking for a rhythm game, look and you want to play a game that uh, has a Saturday morning Japanese cartoon vibe to it. Mm. Yeah, fucking. I think the presentation is amazing in it. Like the the way things are shot, characters introduced, like the framing and everything. I thought I think all that stuff's done really well. Ugh, can't skip the fucking dialogue. Can you? I haven't tried to. Oh. <laughs> anyway you skip the dialogue when you talk to people uh yeah well yeah when you talk to the yeah but not during fucking cutscenes and whatnot mm. yeah because i'm watching the cutscenes i don't give a shit What's the fucking cutscenes i've got subtitles i've already read what you have to say i don't care i don't care let's go here for a good time not a long time uh but anyway it's out it's on game pass if you've got game pass you can play it right now uh, check it out for yourself. Are you on Team Luke or Team Job? Are you a the... cynical jerk or are you a naive dullard? Those are your choices. Well, I mean, we can check Metacritic as we've talked oh, about today. Right? It's 90% on Metacritic. Whoa, oh. look out. Look out. <laughs> it's basically a perfect game. It is. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And that's Hi-Fi Rush. All right, let's do some news, and then we can uh, wrap things up. Last and through these. Um, let's kick things off with the Xbox Developer Direct. Um, they held this in the early morning of last week, mm. uh, where they showcased a bunch of games that are upcoming, mm. and some that just came out. Um, uh, I don't have a list of this in order here. Uh, let's go kick off with um, Elder Scrolls Online. Necrom, 
yep. new new chapter that's coming out. Uh, you've played a bunch of Elder Scrolls online. This excites you at all? Uh, I'm intrigued. Uh, I don't know about excited just yet, but I'm certainly intrigued. Uh, I got a thing in the mail today. Uh, it's like a missive from an uh, like a, like describes me as an en envoy. Envoy, envoy. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that seemed pretty. I don't know. Interesting, weird. Um, but uh, yeah, this, the the details that we're going into, uh, like I don't know, man. It's sort of the the kind of like it has traditionally been the kind of game that is happy to just be what what it does, you know. Like it it is what it is, and they're happy to continue to to do that, right? Uh, but Necrom, I don't know. Just, I don't know. It looks spookier, which is good. Like, uh, I want... I want that sort of fucking bite to it. That's probably the most fun I had was in the uh, the vampire expansion where we went to Morrowind, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, it's got the Arcanists. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't... I don't understand changing... I don't play lots and lots of different classes. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's always rough to to care about that shit. But uh, like, it looks like it's going to actually like summon shit itself and whatnot, which could be cool. Uh, it might be horror themed itself. What's it called the Arcanist? Like, well, maybe it'll be cool. Uh, yeah, like cosmic horror type shit. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks cool. Uh, I'm just hoping the storytelling holds up, right? That's the main thing that is good about Elder Scrolls is it's a game that you can jump in and play for, uh, uh, like, I've pissed away way too many hours playing during the workday, uh, just knocking out quests, like it's a single-player RPG, uh, just going through the storylines because they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, other people can check this out because they've got for a, uh, a limited time free trial for ESO Plus, which brings in all the, the uh, past chapters and DLC. They can jump in there and check it out. Yep. Um, because this new chapter will be launching uh, middle of this year. Um, okay, what else we got here? Minecraft Legends is coming out April 18th. This is a... Um, uh, this is their... Which one's this? I don't remember this one. This is there like... Uh, I, I keep uh, getting confused between this and the uh, Diablo clone, um, <laughs> which is Dungeons. Right, yeah, no. This is the... Uh, like, how would you describe it? Like, the base... This action strategy game. Yeah, like the base... 4, 4v4, I think it is? Mm. Uh, base management, like, game? Where you and some friends can, like, build up a base and then go fight other people and it's not like a full-blown rts uh it's sort of like uh, halfway between an action rpg and an rts and mm -hmm. you drag your little army of skeletons around and stuff like that uh, i don't know we'll see it looks cool looks interesting um like at least like it looks unique certainly um so i'm intrigued uh but 
as we found out with Minecraft Dungeons, that wasn't really for me. So, yeah, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, Tone 10 is remaking Forza Motorsport. Um, we'll re let's go with remake because it's, they're calling it Forza Motors Motorsport. Yeah. Rebooting? Nah, remaking it. They're remaking the first one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, yeah. Okay. So there's new Forza Motorsport. They've just given up on the numbers. Yeah. Uh, it's like Fast and Furious. The numbers don't matter anymore. Yeah. Uh, we're going back to Forza Motorsport. Um, this is the uh, the the like actual racing around tracks and all that sort of stuff. Not the Forza Horizon where you're often spinning a wheel to somewhere. get more cars. Y yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It looks cool. It's racing games. I guess we'll see. Uh, like it looks yeah. pretty. I, th I think stuff. it's time for them to really dive deep into the drive tar thing. That's what I would like to see them do is really go ham on the driver's car thing to actually like, cause they've dumbed it down and dumbed it down and dumbed it down over the years. Uh, I would love to see them fucking at this point. It's just a name. Yeah, exactly. For a, a most of the time subpar AI, but uh, they could turn it into something really fucking special and I'd love to see it happen. Uh, but it does look very pretty. So yeah. Yep. Uh, and then finally, I think this was the last one. Well, they obviously showed High Fire Rush. Um, yeah. They uh, they capped things off with Redfall, uh, launching May second, which is their. Um, I guess it, like people were sort of saying it was a Left 4 Dead clone, and then they had to come out and go, actually, like we don't, we don't think it's Left 4 Dead. We kind of think it's more like Far Cry, um, and so it's like their vampire game where uh you play a, a, a bunch of heroes that you can sort of take control with uh, and bring a couple friends in with you up to three other players and complete missions and all that sort of stuff so i showed this off um i mean i, I think it's the type of game where i want to get hands-on with it like it yeah. looks really cool and interesting um but i want to like w play it like <laughs> yeah i agree mostly because i want to see how stealthy you can do it Right, because I love the idea. I think there's something really uh, intri like interesting, intriguing about the idea of a co-op stealth game. Like fucking uh, Payday, right? Right, because the, the idea is there and then it's so easy for everything to go to shit. Uh, and the chaos plus the fucking like everyone fucking like the blame game and all that there's just something yeah. really entertaining about that shit uh and obviously you know uh arcane has a stealth background they talked about that a little bit in the fucking um in the, the direct that they did but yeah. um, and so this is arcane austin which uh developers buy and pray yeah um and yeah like i don't know like I, I, I want to play it myself, but uh, I think it's got potential uh, to be entertaining. Um, it, it'll really come down to how they execute the co-op stuff, you know, at the end of the day. Because uh, if it's like Far Cry, let's hope it doesn't execute co-op like Far Cry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oof. Mm. Um, no, we've seen, yeah. seen co-op done a lot better elsewhere, and hopefully they're doing that uh, with it. Um. 
Oh uh, yeah, we should make we should hear about that more. Anyway, um, more later on. Sorry. Uh, what we didn't hear about is is Starfall Starfield, um, yep. and that's because there's going to be a separate event later on for that one. They've Xbox has come out and said that um, it'll get its own showcase. Yep. At some point this year. Um, I mean, it, it's we were told the first half of this year that game is coming out. And uh, not like, like personally, like this is just a thing they put out before when they delayed it. And the last we heard from Todd Howard was that the game's still on track. So it's supposed to be coming in the first half of this year as far as we know. Um, all right. And that was the uh, Xbox developer direct. Yep. Um, yeah. Cool little surprise. Yeah. I like the, um, you know, the, the stealth drop. Yeah. Some people don't like remember Apex Legends did it. Yeah. Worked well for them. Not every game is going to benefit, but some do. Um, All right, let's uh, let's keep going here. A couple more news items. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order Survivor has been delayed by six weeks. Respawn put out a statement saying they're going to keep working on it for a little bit longer um, to get things right. Yep. Um, Yeah, I guess take your time. Right, get get it right, man. Like fuck yeah, Um, I believe. Damn it, I believe. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know, however long it takes, right? I want to play it, but, eh, eh. Uh, I know JB on our Discord was saying that he got EA Play Pro for, like, a year, so he could play Dead Space, mm-hmm. and this, uh, I guess that's why you get it for a year, right? Or you wait until the end of the year, and you get it for one month, and then you just crunch all the games out in one month. Those are your choices. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. uh, Yeah. That's it. Oh, I thought you were going to say something extra. Um, And the last piece of news here, Apex Legends Mobile and Battlefield Mobile has been uh, shut down Mm. by EA. Uh, This is an interesting one. Mm. Purely because... Battlefield Mobile existed. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that existed either. (laughs) Um... No, the more interesting one here is Apex Legends Mobile, because um, yep. it's only been about eight months since they launched it. Yep. Uh, it seemed to be doing pretty well, at least critically as well. Um, yeah. But the the weird thing is the statement they put out. Respawn put out a statement. Yep. Uh, it says here, uh, this decision does not come with ease. Factors beyond our control have prevented us from maintaining the high quality experience and content that our players deserve. As a result, the game will sunset on May 1st, 2023, uh, after which it will no longer be playable. Our gratitude to our uh, players and teams for joining us on Apex Legends Mobile. Even if it was for a short while, it's unending. Um, thank you from the bottom of our heads. Hearts, thank you. Uh, anyway, back to that first part. Yeah. Factors beyond our control. Yeah. What? 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 What is that? What, what, what Did you factors? just throw it yeah, under the bus? <laughs> <laughs> fucking management you know what i'm talking about you know does that I feel just... like they threw ea under the bus or are they talking about like mobile providers uh i thought I, it sort of reads to me more like you know just corporate speak to say that nobody's to blame that's how it reads mm. to me but but i don't know i like your theory better yeah yeah. Like fucking Andrew Wilson. Dick yeah. this again. 
Um, the other interesting thing that came out of this was uh, it was actually I think it was Andrew Wilson that said I haven't looked at the um, the statement, but it, it made it sound like there's more Apex Legends mo like some sort of mobile game coming in the future, which right. is bizarre. That is weird. Um, yeah, maybe it's just an Apex game, and you drive these really big like robots. Hmm. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Um, yeah. So this was from an earnings call today. There's a bunch of news. That's why we've, we're talking a, a bit about EA. Um, so I'm not sure. It's it's a it's a bizarre one, um, and we'll see what happens. Just using like weird words like this sunsetting this version and yeah, uh, we plans to reimagine a connected Apex mobile experience in the future. Like, what does that mean? Uh, that's a, that sounds like a card game or something where they can make more money off of it. Um, yep. Or like a, a auto chess game or something Apex like that. Apex Snap. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that's kind of sad because um, seems like they had a, a good good game on their hands. Like that was a game that won a- Apple's um, Game of the Year. Damn. <laughs> but last year, best mobile game. Damn. See you later. Shut it down. Fucking no uh, respect for vampire no. survivors. No, maybe Apple loved it because they were making so much money off it, and they're uh, like, yep. and then EA's like, we want to cut cut of it. Yep. Why are we giving you thirty percent? Doesn't make any sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's the news for this week. Um, Booyah. Is there anything else you want to bring up? No. No questions. All right. Yeah, do some questions. Is there did questions? You, did you do your homework? What was the homework? Did you oh, listen no. to Veldar's song? No? No, I've been smashed. <laughs> useless. Useless. I listened. I listened. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I forgot. You yeah. didn't remind me. Yeah, I see how it's my fault. I see how it's my fault. I got to do everything around here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's an interesting song, Veldar. What I like is that like it's, cause it's called Another Day, but you say another like you're an American. But the rest of it is so fucking Australian. That just sounds like at some point you just clicked, clipped in someone else saying another, right? Because that's how, like, that's how we say another, 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 mate. Yeah, and another one, right? But you hit the uh, really hard, right. and it sounds another, another. <laughs> like a pirate, <laughs> like a pirate. Hey, uh, I didn't... Oh, never mind. I'm not allowed to talk about any pirate games I did or did not play over the weekend. Um, so, uh... Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Yeah, it was in Sid Meier's Pirates. Ooh. Man, there's plenty a, of them out there, Last from the past. Um, what else? The uh, the background, the music, like the, the audio... Audio, it's all audio. The fucking the I don't know. I don't I don't know fucking music terms. What do you call it? The tune? The tune. Beats the beats. Um sounds like it's supposed to be like for like a, a funk groove. Right? Like you might hear it in a Kendrick song. Kendrick Lamar song. But, but you said vocals, last week like gorillas. But like the vocals sound like they're from like a like a fucking a 90s Aussie uh, alt-rock band. And there's a big clash there. And then there's, like, halfway in, there's this fucking electric guitar that was 
that is like straight out of a Steve Winwood song. It just comes out of nowhere. It's very good because it's Steve Winwood, but uh, it, ha- it has no place <laughs> in this song. Anyway, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it more when I listened to it for the second time and imagined that the mm. vocals and the music were part of two separate tracks. And you were like two different. One of you, Vel, Vel was like a fucking, like a funk uh, artist. And Dar was like a fucking appearing at Big Day Out on one of the side. Uh, oh, and you're in stages. the middle and you're here in both I'm, stages. I'm hearing both of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it, was, and it, was, it was a weird mix, but you're like, oh, yeah, that actually works. Or does it? Anyway, it's a terrible roast. Except for the another bit, which in which case I think I fucking I boomed you. Uh, yep. Anyway. At some point, I'll figure out when I get some time how to set up like virtual cables so that I can oh, yeah. pipe audio into What, and then you can play microphone. it on the podcast? Yeah, and then people can hear it. I don't know if we've got broadcasting. No, rights. and then also you can hear it as well <laughs> when I pipe it in. I can hear it. Yeah. What, again? You didn't even listen to it the first time. No, no, I mean, we can listen to it live. Ah, right. Yeah, smart. Genius. Uh, then, yeah, he's, it's all a trap. He's stitching us up to mm. fucking... He's going to DMCA uh, our, the, the gap, and then he's going to get all of the advertising money that we get for this episode. Oh, is that what it was? That's what it is. It's a fucking... He, it's a he's not getting anything. We don't, <laughs> it's zero dollars. Well, the schemes on you, Valda. <laughs> Yeah, we owe we owe money. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, yeah, no, we will revisit that at some point once I once I can get the once you put it, put it in your notes. Okay, um, I'll put it in my notes to remind yep. you to do some fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of notes, Heath sent us a message. Oh God, Heathy writes. Hang on, hang on. When was this? 27th? When's the 27th? Last oh, I nearly missed it. Nearly. Uh, yeah. Okay. JB writes. Johnny Bravo writes. Hello, Ben. Do you think cinemas are going the way of video stores and dying a slow death? Heart, JB. Luke, you love fucking cinemas. Tell us. I just missed. What was the question? I was trying to find it. <sighs> Do you think cinemas are going the way of video stores and dying a slow death? No. No? Did you not just see James Cameron made fucking $40 billion on a Blue People film? But how much of that is just James feeding his own money back in? Oh, you think it's him seeing it? It's you a, think he's money laundering? It's a, yeah, it's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's, he's going to pump this one up so that the investors for the Avatar 3 think that this one's doing well. And they put more money in. And then he takes the money from Avatar 3 and puts it back uh. in. And yeah, he, he rocked up the cinema and goes, I want to buy all of the seats. Yeah. And then just fucking ghosts and gets out of there. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And the cinemas, they only make money on the fucking, on the popcorn, right? Yeah, nobody's there. So they're no not making any money. So he's like, they're like, fuck. Or he's like, so get me trouble. a small popcorn. Oh, yeah, one And 400 popcorn, tickets. <laughs> <laughs> he's a genius. He's a genius. That's why they call him a cinematic genius. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't no, know. You reckon they're going stronger than ever? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't look at the inflation numbers and all that sort of stuff. But right, 
I th- I, the last couple of years, obviously, no, but there's still fucking blockbusters out there people go see. True, I guess. Yeah. I kind of want to see Ant-Man. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm going to see Ant-Man. Um, but, like, we're getting this kickback now where people... Uh, especially, like, the Netflix effect where... Um, I guess it's sort of a little bit unrelated, but like canceling TV shows and things like that. Um, like losing subscriptions to that sort of stuff. And so, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens with cinema, but I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Like people still like going to that. Like if you gave me a choice between watching Top Gun at my house, yeah, I have like a, I don't know how big my TV is, 70 inch, 75 inch TV. Yep. Or right. in the cinema. All right, flexo. Like, yeah. You got a good sound system too. I do. You'd, but yes. you'd rather go to the cinema. Yeah, yeah. it's still is a bigger it, screen. Is it the existential risk of getting a like spicy cough or is it because no. you really I, I, enjoy I'm all, about it these days. all of uh, all of your fucking interest? You've never had it, right? That's that's why. Yeah, you know when uh, in Boris, Boris in Goldeneye, he stands up and he goes, I'm invincible. Invincible. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's where we're at these days. Um, yeah, you you have as many negative interactions with other people at cinemas as I do. So I don't understand how you could, unless you actively like those interactions, in which case, you know, maybe. Oh, but, you think it's like a power trip for me? Me yeah, going out, like, talking oh. to the manager, pick this fuck out. <laughs> you're like, uh, hey, honey, I just bought some fucking movie tickets. I'm going to go get into a fucking fight. <laughs> fucking down half a bottle of Jack and go get into a fucking fight with some people at a fucking cinema. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably it. That's probably it. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I think it is JB. <laughs> answer to that question uh, I think they are dying going the way of video stores and dying a slow death uh, VR is going to come out and it's going to give us the world's biggest screens uh, in ways that we can't possibly fathom and, uh, and don't then, tell James Cameron this oh, fucking yeah. hell oh, yeah. can you imagine yep he's going to fucking hate it yeah. AI is going to find some way to fucking like speed upscale so that you can download a 720p rip of Avatar 5 uh, for like fuck all data and then it'll upscale it to 8K on your VR headset mm. and you'll watch it like you're in a movie cinema except the popcorn hasn't been peed in. So What? Where, yeah. where the fuck are you going to watch movies? George Street Cinema. <laughs> right you, you can't tell me that popcorn doesn't have pee in it everywhere in George Street Cinema has pee in it you take two steps into that place and it smells like fucking piss everywhere anyway fair enough uh, uh, I don't know what to say nice <laughs> Heath wrote yeah. us an email or a message he writes oh, okay. I reached the word limit first queue of 2023.rtf why an rtf <sighs> anyway, hi the gap. Merry New Year. Ha 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 ha. That's an Eddie Murphy reference from Trading Places. Straight over my head. Speaking of movies, Sergio Leone's Dollars trilogy. I often catch snippets of spaghetti westerns on Samsung TV Plus. 
Death rides a horse. Charo. My name is Nobody. They call me Trinity. And it's subsequent film, movie films. You get the idea. Feels like Lee Van Cleef shows up in every other flick. And Charles Bronson in the rest. I was trying to work out why Van Cleef seemed so familiar. And I realized he was in two of Leone's movies with Clint Eastwood. Uh, this made me realize I'd never seen any of those old Clint Eastwood westerns. I remember going around to Joe's place many years ago and saw the last few minutes of the good, the bad, of the ugly, and being told it was one of, if not the best western ever made. So I thought, fuck it, I'll watch those three while I've got westerns on my mind. Fucking, that's like nine hours, dude. Uh, okay. Uh, I went through them over the last three nights. I know they weren't made as a trilogy, but they make more sense that way if you watch them in reverse of when they were released. Uh, Blondie finding the poncho at the end of Good, Bad, Ugly. Yeah, okay. I love the simplicity of them. In A Fistful of Dollars, for example, old mate rocks up to the town and gets told these two families both think they run the town and the other is in their way. Old mate thinks, well, we can't have that. Fuck those guys. And proceeds to insert himself in their business and wreak havoc. No bullshit backstory about how he's after revenge or anything like that. <laughs> how is that a bullshit backstory? Uh, just, well, here's something to do. And I'm going to do it. Uh, do with while... And I'm going to do with while keeping my word limit under 100 words. For a few dollars more, was a little bit more involved. Mortimer had some backstory, but nothing that could be un couldn't be understood within a 60-second flashback. Add a nice little twist at the end, and it was an enjoyable movie. Then the big one. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I planned to watch it over two nights, but was enjoying it enough to keep going. More intricate still than the previous film but simpler than a Marvel movie. You can see how Sergio Leone must have been growing more ambitious in his writing as he went along. Also, I can now understand the whole Lee Van Cleef Cad Bane thing that Nate mentioned some time ago. Maybe that's why Van Cleef seemed familiar when I started seeing him on screen. I reckon my favorite of the three was A Fistful of Dollars just because it was so straightforward and simple, but still highly entertaining. Anyway, a two-part question. A, I haven't watched any other Clint Eastwood films. Does he keep his lines to a bare minimum in everything? And B, whatever happened to that spaghetti western that the Backstreet Boys were rumored to be making? Time for some lunch. It's literally high noon. That's a vague, very vague, off Overwatch reference. Eggplant, goof. Well. They cancelled that Overwatch guy. Oh, they did. Now, now, heat's cancelled. Mm. Uh, okay, first question. First part of our question here. Uh, does... I haven't watched any other Clint Eastwood films. Does he keep his lines to a bare minimum in everything? Not everything. What's that one where he's in it with a fucking monkey? I, have, I don't know. I feel like I've maybe watched like two Clint Eastwood films. Any Which Way But Loose, I think it is. Uh... Yeah, he's a bit yeah. Didn't Clint Eastwood get cancelled as well? I mean, he's a, he's he's an old man. He's an old man. Okay. Uh, like, yeah. That's, and he and he says old man shit. Uh. But you know. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, he's pretty. Pretty minimalistic with the old dialogue. You know the. It seems to be... The, there was that time... Wasn't he on stage at the fucking Republican convention talking to an empty chair? 
Mm. Right. It's probably for the best that he doesn't say much. I've um, watched more Clint Eastwood directed films than I have watched with him in it. That's, I'm just looking at the fucking list here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I got, I got a pitch for you, Heath. Uh, watch Unforgiven. Uh, very, very good. Very good movie. Uh, was it Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, um, Gene Hackman, maybe? I can't remember. Or is that my thing? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. Shit's fucking cash, baby. Um, yeah. So, un- Unforgiven, I would pitch. Um, otherwise... What do you do? Like, uh, Dirty Harry he doesn't... Uh, I guess he talks a bit. He talks a bit in that. Outlaw Josie Wales was that one that, like, I think was... Was it his first directing one? The first one he directed, I think? I was reading about that today because someone was in it and it meant they couldn't be in something else. Uh, can't remember who. Anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, watch his old shit, uh, except for Unforgiven. He's like a he's a retired gunslinger who, uh, who, you know, one of those complicated stories where someone wants revenge on some shit, but uh, it's fucking killer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Oh, and the other one, uh, Backstreet Boys in sync movie, I believe, has been shelved. And it, w- it was both Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Uh, and it was from the producers of Sharknado. Disappointing. Disappointing that it, it's been cancelled? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks for questions, Heath. Great questions. Um, you can leave them in our Discord JB channel, thegapodcast.com slash Discord. Feldars to... Well, our, our two-part answer. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Anything you want to plug for this week that you've been working on or give a shout-out to? Uh, check out Poker Face. The it's TV Lady show. Gaga song. Oh. Not the Lady Gaga song or the Russell Crowe film. I haven't watched <laughs> the Russell Crowe film, but, uh, but I haven't heard good things. Uh, it's the new Ryan Johnson TV series and it's pretty entertaining give it a squeeze yeah did he write all the episodes or uh, I believe so I don't know. what am I his fucking biographer no he didn't write them alright um, he did the first episode and the second episode and then that was it right. he wrote the first episode directed the first two right and then, and then went went somewhere else um, alright yeah, cool. I'll add that to the list. Um, check it out. Hmm. Uh, um, what about you, Luke? What about me? Uh, I, the, uh, what the Last of Us, I'm still me? watching. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Have a episode look. Episode three. Right. Pretty good. Best episode they put out, maybe. What? What? Title? I think well, so. so far. Out, of the, out of the three. Well, yeah. Yeah. I've only yeah, seen three of them so far. Right. Um, no, yeah, I think that, uh, uh, that episode's amazing. Really good. 
Yeah, it was fantastic. I like how it grew the fucking characters and grew the story in a way that's different to the fucking game. Uh, I can see why people maybe, like some people were upset. I think a bulk of the outrage is because people have, like there's this trend online where people want to say some heinous shit, right? Mm. But they can't, right? So they want to say some homophobic heinous shit, but they can't. Right, so what they do is they latch onto some plausible sounding fucking reason to dump on something, and that's what they do instead. Uh, so people are like, "Oh, you know, how dare they change it from the game?" Right? That doesn't that doesn't scan at all. Fuck that shit. Right? Because uh, they already uh, diverged from the game. Why are you yeah. watching this then? And that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, but. Uh, if if someone's complaint is that it does it, it wasn't a very action packed uh, episode and they are expecting some action, then I can that see that complaint. Uh, not really. I could see the complaint. I loved the episode. Just to be clear, I just I'm doesn't just saying like, like I can see. Well, I actually don't need uh, action in everything that I watch. Unlike you, I can sit there and watch something that doesn't have any action in it and not be uh, distracted. Uh, I like drama films, for example, right? Whereas you... I don't think them. you watch dramas. You hate them. You hate them. Um, anyway, I was just saying, uh, yeah, I can see the complaints. But the, the thing is, right, the reason I was saying all this is that I think it does a really good job of setting up that this isn't The Walking Dead, right? Because that's what I think those complaints are coming from for a lot of people is uh, the cultural... Uh, touch point for zombie shows on TV is The Walking Dead and that'll just have like oh hey it's been fucking 12 minutes we need them to just walk in a straight line and just fucking pump their shotguns at a bunch of fucking zombies right and just fucking blow some sh some brains out right um, but this is trying to like this is that episode establishes pretty clearly that that's not what the last was about, and I'm not saying that it can't have some high acts, high octane, high action episodes. And you know, anyone who's played the game, would no doubt, expects there to be some. But mm. uh, but yeah, that this one didn't have to be. Um, yeah, and I thought it was really nice. Really, I uh, I knew I was in trouble as soon as Max Richter's on the Nature of Daylight started playing. I'm like, ah, fuck. Oh, well, here we go. Get the <laughs> tissues. Yeah. Um, so it's got Nick Offerman and, and Murray Bartlett in it as the two main characters. Um, who uh, Murray Bartlett was in uh, White Lotus recently. Um, right. And he is, well, I think he's the best character in that show. Right. Um, and I'm just looking now. He won an Emmy for that, for that role as well. Um, is there a lot of action in White Lotus? Tons. Yeah. Tons? Okay, I'll give it a shot. Heaps. Um, yeah, he's amazing in that. And yep. uh, he's really good in this as well. And so is Nick Offerman. Like, you know, they're, they're yeah. both really good in it. So I'd recommend watching this this series. <laughs> they're three for three so far. It's doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, all right. There you go. That's my plug for this week. And that's the show. You can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, all the places you podcast from. We're back on Spotify. I checked. Oh, we made it. 
we're on there. No um, longer banned. No longer cancelled. <laughs> yeah. The GA podcast, The Gap, you'll find us under one of those two. Um, you can jump onto our Discord page, thegapodcast.com slash Discord. You can leave us questions, talk about video games, movies, TVs, books, cooking, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you can jump in and play video games with people as well. Um, Sons of the Forest coming up, apparently. Still doesn't have a date. We'll be playing that at some point. Hey. Um, believe. Believe. Believe, Dan. Believe on. Yeah. There has to be a date on that tomorrow. Like, in the next... Like, surely. No. no. Oh, it's got a date. I just checked. What? They've put a date on it. Um, They've just updated it. Well, that wasn't shit. there before. That's very important. <laughs> um, yes. 24. But you can't pre-order right. it still. Why can't Doesn't I matter. fucking... Doesn't matter. Just take the time off. Just book your fucking leave now. This game plans to unlock... Imp- that's so weird. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, you can also go to our website, thegipodcast.com. You can jump in there and look at all our past episodes, including our social media links. They're all on there. And uh, that is all thanks to our Patreon members. If you want to help support the show, go to patreon.com slash Podcast, and you can become a recurring member, get the podcast a, a little bit early on uh, some of those tiers. Thank you. Everyone does that every month. We appreciate the support. Helps us pay the bills, and I, Job's Sorry, trying to do his like sneeze, best Robert De Niro but, uh, impression. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, but thank you. Anyway, thank yeah, you. Uh, that is it, Job. The podcast is done. Second one of the year. It's February already. Another slapper. Yeah, another slapper. That's what they call it. Yeah. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll have some. Uh, we got some stuff next week. We can talk about some big games. Um, Hogwarts Legacy is out next end of next week um and there's a few other surprises in store that i can talk about next week as well so well 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 hang well, in there well strap well. yourselves in and uh well, get your well, ear holes and some more gap ear holes yeah that's what we've nice. got ear holes. hey stay safe stay safe no i said it you can't steal my lines. I already said it. You ain't gonna say it. You'd fucking wrapped up. You said get your ear holes on some more gap. That's your yeah. fuck that's your new That's one, my new catchphrase. That's your new catchphrase. <laughs> I'll take that yeah. one too next week. When you okay, forget. fair enough. Love you, you bye. Remember.